What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Tonight, I have a very special guest. Uh, Kim Kimball is in the house. How are you doing, Kim? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, last interview of the day. And, uh, you know, after this, get to enjoy the, enjoy the evening. Um, I want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you for being open with sharing your story and your perspective. I know it's not easy for everybody, so I definitely appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. And uh, for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, uh, we have some intro questions, some warm up questions just to set the tone. Uh, have some icebreakers thrown in there as well, uh, just to, to add some fun to it. And, and then after that, we'll jump into the main interview where you choose a number between one and 34 and we get the conversation rolling that way. Sound good to you, Kim? Sounds great. All right. Well, without further ado, my first question for you is, how have you been? You've been doing well. You've been going through it. It's been a crazy year for for all of us. Um, So how have you been? It has been a crazy year, but we just got back from a vacation to New Mexico. My husband, my mom and her boyfriend and myself, and it was just a really beautiful time. I love that area of the country and just had a lot of downtime and so I'm feeling refreshed and rejuvenated and I'm feeling really good. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, was that your first trip? Uh, you know, post or not. I can't even say if it's post, but yeah. it, it was your first trip in a while. It is my first trip in a while and it felt so good. Yeah. I'm a big traveler and it just felt really, really good to be back out there again. I feel you. I feel you. I had yeah. a, a couple of trips canceled uh, last year and I'm hoping I can follow through with them this year. Uh, all things considered, but uh, for sure. Um, yeah, me too. I had to cancel Mexico and Belize, and I still have heartburn over that. I mean, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So so many things. So many things um, we we missed a chance on in 2020. Yeah. But uh, you know that just makes it makes me feel like any if you missed any concerts or shows or even any trips, like the energy is going to be on a whole different level because like everyone's on the same yes. page. Like, we're back everyone's back <laughs> yes exactly it makes us appreciate it more no doubt no doubt um yeah. before we go any further i'd like to jump into a couple icebreakers if that's okay with you sure uh, this first one is a one word spelling bee um feel free to pass but are you down yeah go for it all right uh your word is going to be daiquiri Daiquiri. Oh, this is a hard one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> there, are a couple, there are a couple of words in the English language that I just get stumped by every time. Um, okay. D-A-I-Q-U-I. Oh, no. Hold on. No, no. No, I'm wrong. D-A-Q-U-I-R-I. Is that you got, right? You got one more chance. You got one more chance. Oh, and man. I will, I will tell you right now, you were on the right track on the first time. So if you remember okay. what your, what letters you used then. Okay, D-A-I. I do remember. D-A-I-Q-U-I-R-I. You got it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Flexing. Got flex your skills. Yes. Uh, yeah, this, this is a that hard one. That was a hard one. <laughs> yes. Um, the I in the middle, that's the one I think a lot of people miss, but you, you had it on the first try. Uh, so yeah, I, I needed to trust my instincts and not doubt them. Yeah. yeah that's hard. You know, I'm, I'm an overthinker. So every, anytime I get into a position like that, I'm like, oh, 
multiple choice questions get me all the time because like it could be that one it could be this one <laughs> and yeah, it takes i'm me great at the multiple choice oh yeah what's your if, secret yeah. what's your secret or like and you with, just know okay so i took a like a test prep thing for for i believe it was like the grad school test that i had to take and they teach you that whatever the longest multiple choice is that's the right answer so if you don't know choose the longest one interesting that's interesting yeah because it's really hard to make like the right thing shorter i got oh okay i got you yeah so in my mind i'm always thinking about like process of elimination like which one seems like it doesn't fit with the other ones but uh that has not served me well so i'm i'll try your strategy. try my method yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely will especially now that i'm <laughs> thinking about going back to school uh oh there gonna, you go that's gonna come in handy um, yeah awesome <laughs> and then my next next icebreaker is a riddle are you into riddles at all or i i feel like i'm terrible at them but you can hit me with it all right for sure for sure uh this one is what comes once in a minute twice in a moment but never in a thousand years oh my gosh so yeah i'm terrible at these once in a minute twice in a moment and never in a thousand years yeah it sounds very philosophical but it's it's the answer is it <laughs> i feel like it's something very practical like uh on the right track on the right track like some number of seconds you know mm. um i don't know I, I i don't even know where to begin with this one you're gonna have to tell me no worries the answer was the letter m oh <laughs> my gosh i know <laughs> See, I was not even thinking in the right direction. I'm glad that I just called it. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. Uh, b before you and a couple other guests, they actually had a timer for the riddle. And I felt like that was just too much pressure sometimes. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for participating. Yeah, uh, of course. And now you could use this with, with your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into a few more warm up questions. This next one is what would you like the audience to know about you? Mm. I would love the audience to know that I love deep questions like this. Like, this is so fun for me. I'm not somebody that likes to play in the shallow end of life at all. I'm quite bad at it, actually. <laughs> I, I'm somebody that like, if you're in a party situation, I'm in the corner of the room, like having really deep conversations. <laughs> This is one of the reasons I was so uh, like excited to come on this podcast. Um, so yeah, and then I really, I'm somebody that I want to drink the marrow out of life and that I want to experience all of it, all of it. I want to fully live. And I used to be very averse to pain. Mm. And I, I realized that that was keeping me from so much of life. And now I just, I want the full spectrum, you know? I want to be able to go out and say that I really lived. So yeah, it seems like a good place to start. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I am very similar in the way that I like having these conversations with people as well. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had, came across with the issue that some people get turned off by it. And oh yeah. Like, Why are you yes. bringing this up? Why are you talking about this? And I always feel bad because I'm like, I never meant to put them in an uncomfortable position. It's just that I thought everybody liked talking about these things. It's so. not everyone's jam. That's for sure. Yeah. 
yeah yeah no doubt no yeah. doubt um my second question for you is if someone were to pay you a tribute how would you like to be honored if i could if i was telling myself today i'm gonna do something in the honor of kim what kind of act could i do hmm. a tribute you know i'm thinking back to what has been the most meaningful to me and tributes in my life and I have a particular memory when it was, I don't remember what birthday it was of mine, but I had the most special people in my life gathered around me. And someone had the suggestion of saying how we met and going around the circle and saying your fondest memories with me. And that was like one of the most touching things to me. So if you were to pay me tribute, I think it would be really being a mirror for me and and shining back my goodness and saying some sort of really fond memory that you have with me or thing that I did or said that was meaningful or touched you in some way. Because those things are so meaningful to me in my life and of course what I'm striving to do with people. Um, so I think the best tribute is that to mirror back my goodness and give me some specific, like really fond memories that you have of me or with me. For sure. For sure. Um, I gotcha. And now, and now the people in your life know, know what they gotta do. Uh, yeah. and my last question for you in the warm up is on a scale from one to 10, how well do you know yourself? I would say somewhere in a seven to eight. And I would say that that is being conservative because I give so much space for subconscious mind and things that we, I consider, you know, the mind, the heart, the body, it's like peeling the layers of an onion, you know? Um, And there's always more and there's always deeper and I think that that's amazing and awesome and so I don't want to sit here and be like I'm a 10 and I know myself entirely because I just think that that's impossible um you know I'm 38 years old I know myself a lot better than I did when I was 28 you know we're constantly growing in that way um but I have I have a good amount of self-awareness yeah for sure for sure what would you say is uh, your favorite thing about your personality I think it's my depth for you know sure. it like it's the thing that like you talked about 34 that it can be off-putting to some people but I think that's my gift I think it's a gift that I have to and and to make people feel comfortable with going to the depths because I think a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. And I know that so many people have reflected to me, you know, that it feels safe to go there when they talk to me. And that's just such a natural place for me to flow. So I think it is, yeah, my depth. For sure. Have you always been aware of that depth or was that something that you kind of realized as, as you got, got older or, you know, through, through your experiences? This is bringing up a fun memory. You asking me this question. So there was a time in college when I lived with um, my senior year of college, I lived with nine girls and there were five guys that lived in our basement. So it was a lot of people and we hung out all the time. It was an amazing time. And 
the, one of my roommates who is still a dear friend to this day. So we've been friends for a very long time. She would just have these moments where I would say something that I thought was normal and just every day. And she's like, man, Kim, like, I feel like I'm going to publish like a coffee table book with the things that you say. <laughs> she, just was, she was always like, how do you come up with this shit? I don't, under, I don't understand how you do this. Um, and so for me, it was normal. And I think at that time that it didn't really come to me. And so I, I think the answer is, is that it's always been there. And it's something that I've become increasingly more aware of as I become more and more self-aware and, and maybe have some more differentiation of like, oh, not everyone is like that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I would say it, it took me into my potentially like late twenties, early thirties. I feel you. I feel you. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, for for me personally, it. Uh, I think I had this naive naivety. I don't know if I'm using the right word. Naivety. Uh, naive, naivety. Yeah. Uh, that you know. Oh yeah, everybody thinks about these things, or everybody yeah. like wants to talk about these things. Um, so yeah, I was pretty naive about that. And so in college, uh, there was some party where what some I was trying. I asked somebody what their favorite toy was, their childhood toy, uh, and they got super defensive about it. And I was like, mm. "Whoa, I don't know what I did wrong." <laughs> um, but that really closed me off, and I was like, "Maybe I should stop talking." And uh, for for a long time I, I i don't know why um but now in my 30s i've kind of like especially during corona and um having the the time to reflect i was really like okay well what is it that i really want to do and um it came back to that and i was like what if i wasn't afraid of getting that pushback or or that um um uh, that 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 feedback of like being uncomfortable what what could i do so yeah now i'm at that point where i'm just embracing it and um you know hopefully connecting with people who who also enjoy it and appreciate these talks as well so yeah, yeah. you're doing it <laughs> trying trying yeah I know, I know there's no try but I, I still still feel like i'm trying um yeah for sure let's uh jump into the main portion um there are I'm three ready. levels there's an easy medium hard i don't know if you just want to jump straight into the deep end but it's up to you uh but yeah uh give me a level and a number all right let's do medium i need a little bit of a warm-up maybe okay, um okay we'll do medium and i'm gonna go with 17 17 what is something you wish you could unlearn Ooh juicy i like it okay so i have a very specific thing with this that came immediately to mind i'm going to try not to filter myself so i'm just going to say it for sure so i was brought up in um christianity and it's not that i would unlearn christianity itself because i think there are so many beautiful things that i still believe in jesus and i still believe in god in a very different context than the way that i was raised but i think that there are so many different harmful pieces of theology and yeah that's the best way i know how to put it is just like harmful pieces of theology things that i don't believe today that are true that really impacted me in some really major ways and shaped and formed worldviews that within itself i want to unlearn you know for example to elaborate a little bit within christianity a lot of the time we're taught the heart is deceitful above all things 
that's one of the verses in the Bible. And I believe that that verse has been taken severely out of context um, and sort of demonized. And, and so I grew up not trusting my body, not trusting my heart, not trusting my own desires and thinking that my desires were wrong and bad and um, that I couldn't trust myself, right? So there are things like this that like that, that may seem small, but that really has such a ripple effect to how you live out your life in a really major way. Um, so, you know, that's just one example, but yes, it would be unlearning different pieces of what I believe at this point in time to be toxic theology, really a separation between me and God. Um, I wish that I had learned, you know, that God is in all things and all creatures and all beings and that I can never be separate from God and that I'm not in inherently bad and awful, you know? Um, so many things about the way that I have viewed myself, I've had to peel back the layers and unlearn with that. For sure, for sure. Uh, first off, thank you for opening up. Um, I, I also come from a Catholic background. Catholic, so, yeah. But I also have kind of moved on from uh, Catholicism in the sense that I still believe in God. It's just in a, in a different context. So for you, um, would you consider yourself more religious or spiritual? I would say spiritual at this point, for sure. When I And, and, and maybe maybe it depends on your definition of religion and spiritual for me my definition of religion is much more so rules and regulations and do this don't do this and god will be pleased with you if you do this but unpleased with you if you do the other thing um and really kind of these rules and regulations to maintain or obtain a relationship with god and for me spirituality is much more so you know God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, is divine love and is there all the time and there's never any separation. And so I'm much more into tapping into that than following a rule book. So for sure, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm one of those people that, that put God in the universe like as a synonymous term, you know. Uh, yes. Would you say that's something where like I want to say it was the great awakening for, for like that religious revolution back in the day. Uh, but for now, uh, do you think this is another, a second awakening? Cause I feel like there's a lot more kids or like a lot of more youth that kind of have that view where they aren't necessarily, you know, following a certain religion anymore. It's just, we're all kind of on the same page. Like we know there's some, there's a higher power. Um, and we should just respect it because of all the gifts it's kind of given us. Um, but yeah, do you think, do you feel that as well? Absolutely. So I grew up Protestant. My husband grew up very conservative Catholic. And we've both gone through what I label as a deconstruction journey. So a faith deconstruction journey and now a reconstruction journey. And I just see a mass exodus from the church in general and honestly it's because i don't think it's working i don't think that the way that the church structure is set up is working for people and like i said i think that there's a lot of theology that's actually causing harm and so um 
yeah, I think people are wise to that and people are wanting something more and something different. And it's not that we're not spiritual, like you said, and it's not that we don't believe in God or higher power. Of course, there are people who don't, and I'm not saying that those people should in any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying a lot of the people who are no longer a part of the institutional church, it's not because they don't believe in God. It's because they believe that the church system and the way that it is right now is broken and it's not doing what it's meant to do, which is connect us to God. It's actually acting like a gatekeeper to keep us away, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. A lot of a lot of reasons why we wouldn't be connected with God, you know, that, that we're yeah. told. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Uh I had a I had another question, but it it fleeted my mind. It left. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It might come back. Yeah. Well, we hope it comes back. Um, but in yeah. the meantime, go ahead and throw me another number. All right. Let's do 22. 22. Uh, what do you think of cancel culture? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is a great question. So, and, and I like that you're asking me this question because I typically stay away from all political discussions and there are moments where I just wish that I could scream my opinion from the rooftops on this and you're giving me the platform, so I will do it. Go for it. Um, I hate it. I hate cancel culture. I think that it's one of the greatest atrocities of our time, honestly. Mm. Um, so I was listening to something this morning that kind of encapsulated my thoughts and opinions and beliefs on this really well. And that is, you know, um, I don't know if there are listeners here outside of America, but of course here in America, we have two party system. There's Republicans, there's Democrats, and we're at war with each other all the time. And we all hate each other. And the other side is wrong and bad and the source of all evil in our country. And um, you know, I, I'm right and you're wrong and all this stuff going on. Um, and anybody who doesn't adhere to exactly the way that I believe, I'm going to cancel you and you're bad and terrible and you're an awful human being, right? Um, and so I, I heard something this morning and it was actually Russell Brand who said this, but he was like, essentially something along the lines of both sides are doing the same exact thing. It's just that under a guise of being different. Mm. And the example of that was, you know, Biden is moving towards um, the green energy deal. And of course, Dr Trump is demonized for pipelines, et cetera, et cetera. But those pipelines actually came in effect under Obama administration and they were just finalized under Trump's. And of course, Trump got demonized and I am not in any way stretch of the imagination endorsing Trump or, um, you know, building him up in any way. Of course, there's so much corruption there. My point is there's corruption on both sides. So now with the with the green um, deal with Biden, of course, everybody is building him up and saying it's so wonderful. Well, what's happening with that is they're actually drilling down into Native American land and soil like two miles into the earth to get the copper for the lithium and the copper and lithium for the batteries that's needed for for to replace all of these gasoline vehicles. So which one is worse? You know, 
It's just that one it was very clearly capitalistic and col- col- you know colonialism and all the other things, and then one is under the guise of saying is good and we're doing good and we're helping climate change, et cetera, et cetera. But really, we're doing the same shit. And so, my thing with cancel culture is that we need, in my opinion, to rise up to a different level of consciousness than we're currently having so that we can see really that the whole system just needs to be overhauled. And we need to quit thinking of the other people as enemies. We need to find common ground. We need to understand and have, and I know this is something that you do with your podcast, which I was so grateful to see this, We need to understand differences of opinion. We need to learn how to hold difference of opinion without arguing, without canceling, without tearing each other down. And of course, that does not mean that we need to accept racism or homophobia or any of these other things, you know? Um, I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying that people can have differences of opinion and not cancel each other. It's, it's inhumane when we do that to each other. And it's easy to do when we're behind a screen and we're not thinking of the other person as a human being. And there is so much harm, you know, that comes from this. So yeah, I've been holding that inside for a while. So <laughs> I, th- I think that was great. Um, thank you for using this platform to, to speak your mind. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have because you really don't know how other people feel about it. Um, I understand like we gotta hold people accountable for their actions Um, I understand that like you said it's not like we're condoning their actions at all but it's just that that quick reaction to condemn somebody you know before we even really know all the details because the the line is drawn you know either you're right or wrong when I think a lot of people out there know it's not that simple no Uh, and but I think maybe it comes down to like how our our society or our generation is kind of impatient. Like everything's mm-hmm. kind of like at at our fingertips and easily accessible. So maybe we're trying to convert that also into these these moments or these cases where we're like, nope, we need to know right now that they're guilty or not. And if you're not going to tell us, then it seems like public opinion just takes over and it's like whatever everyone thinks, then that's the right thing. And man, that's a, I don't, I don't agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, You're either you're in or you're out, you know, I'm going to toss you to the trash. You have no worth and value if you don't believe exactly the same thing as me. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we see that. I don't want to get too much into politics either, but that's, that's really one of the biggest, especially every election year, we seem to really (laughs) turn it up. And I don't think that's by accident. You know, there's, um, those other powers that be that, that kind of have their own agendas. All a plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. Um, do you, do you see an end? or uh, a change coming because I want to believe I want to be optimistic and say you know the people we're going to figure it out we're going to find a way to kind of break free from from this from the system but 
the system's pretty strong and <laughs> and i can it see is. them i can see them even taking a stronger hold now uh you know they've they've, they've, they've taken advantage of corona as for sure so. yes i think that I'm, i've always been somebody who tends to take a third way on things which is why i feel like i'm really outside of this two-party system i'm able to see good in both sides and i'm able to see evil in both sides you know um and and to answer your question, I feel like because that's sort of the world that I live in, where I'm not really ascribing or drinking the Kool-Aid of either side, I feel like I can see more of people who agree and believe those same things and aren't taking part in cancel culture. Um, and I see that more. And I hope that that awareness is being raised more and more that, you know, cancel culture and demonizing others the tricky part with it is that by doing that we're doing the exact same thing that we say that we don't like in the other person mm -hmm. you know it's literally the exact same behavior and for some reason we're blind to it um and of course i'm not saying that i don't have my blind spots i'm not trying to make myself superior in any way just trying to observe what i what i see going on so i guess what i'm saying is i like you i have hope but gosh, I think it's going to be slow, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's going to just take time. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be in our lifetimes. Um, no. It might might get a little bit more worse than it before it gets better, too. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I have a lot of people come on here and kind of, you know, want to the future to know that they tried their best or, you know, they they're sorry. Um, and that's I, I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat because the even even ourselves, like the decisions that were made in previous decades kind of affect us. But now it just feels like we've gone past the point of no return on a lot of issues, especially like climate change and whatnot. Uh, yeah. that there needs to be some serious, serious action and and probably some serious events that happen before, um, you know, we, we change our lifestyle pretty much. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw you a curveball at this point. Um, right. It's going to be a fill in the blank. So yours is life is all about blank. Love. Love. How do you mean? Why is love so important? I think it's the one universal truth. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's the one. Um, in my opinion, I think it's the one thing that makes everything worthwhile. You know, and and not just you know, are you loving your partner? or your spouse or your family, but are you treating every, you know, the clerk in the checkout line, the person in traffic? Um, I think our whole point and purpose is to evolve and how much love we are being able to give and show and demonstrate to other people and to receive for ourselves. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as you were answering that that question, that kind of fled my mind earlier, came back to me. Oh, uh, good. See, <laughs> and uh, it was you had mentioned something about a deconstructive journey and a reconstructive journey, mm -hmm. and it, we were talking about uh, spirituality and religion at the time. What other deconstructive journeys do you think people go through? 
Ooh, I like that question. That's a good one. I, I think the most common is deconstruction of old identities that aren't working anymore for them. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so like, I'll give you some examples for me. Good girl. I'm going to be pretty pleasing and polite. I'm going to make sure I'm not rocking the boat. I'm going to say all the right things. I'm going to make sure everybody likes me and is pleased with me that I stay quiet and small and unassuming and I don't take up too much space. You know, I've had to shed that in order to come into more of the fullness of who I am. And I think every single person, obviously it doesn't have to be that identity, but has to shed a lot of identities that perhaps they have taken on in the course of, you know, wearing a different mask and wearing a different mask and wearing a different mask in order to be accept, you know, what we felt at the time was necessary to be accepted or loved or approved of or to get ahead or any, any of those things. And then you reach a point where this isn't working. It's making me miserable. It's not getting me what I actually want and need. And I gotta let it go, you know? So I, I'd say the deconstruction journey is also, you know, throughout our lifetime, just shedding different identities. For sure. Uh, would you say you you believe that you know how they say um, people don't change? Do you think people change? All the time. All the time. Uh, yeah. Would you say that there are still things in our childhood that kind of stick though, or is it? I guess yeah. Would you say there's things in it from our childhood that stick to us as far as personality uh, goes? <laughs> That's a great question. So the reason I say all the time is because I'm a life coach and I see people change all the time. Every day I help facilitate that change and it's amazing and it's phenomenal. You know, I think how much change we are capable of is like people barely scratch the surface of it. I see people make so much, like I said, phenomenal change. And, and we can't do but so much at a time because our nervous systems can't handle but so much change at a time, right? But if you look at me even a year ago versus now, I feel like I'm a complete, like I, I gave a birth to a new version of me in like nine months, you know? Um, so change is most certainly possible. And yet there are deeply rooted patterns, if you would, ways of relating, ways of being um, that yes, they're going to surface at times. And yet I, what I would say to that is, is that um, even as I'm continuing to work those things out and they're continuing to surface, I'm more aware of them more quickly and I have more power to pause and more power to choose differently. And so I don't think that, that anything needs to be permanent unless you want it to be, you know, I think, I think changing your personality or changing your, um, like the nature, like the nature part of you is different. If that makes sense, I would kind of separate that out and say, there are certain elements of my personality that I don't see or really want or desire to change. But there are other elements where it's like different ingrained patterns of being and relating and all of that. And I would say that doesn't need to remain there unless you want it there, you know? Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Uh, you mentioned uh, life coaching. Uh, I, I don't really get into people's uh, occupations or titles, but I am curious. Uh, so, was that how long have you been doing that for? I've been doing it for three years now. Yeah, it was really brought about by some traumatic things in my life that I uprooted everything and I backpacked around the world by myself and I went on my own like eat, pray, love journey and got really, really clear on what I'm supposed to do. And it works out great because I love asking deep questions and that's what you do as a coach and you're a mirror to hold back up to somebody else what's going on inside them and helping them excavate that. Um, so yeah, it just feels like what I was born to do, which is great. That's what's up. Uh, I actually, my previous guest right before you today is also uh, just started a life coach um, kind of entrepreneurship. Um, and, you know, she, she just started out trying to find her niche and, you know, which people really gravitate towards her and everything. What advice would you give someone who maybe might be trying to get into that field? Hmm. My advice, a couple of things. The first thing is I firmly believe in actually getting certified. It is not currently a regulated and licensed profession. And I believe that we're moving towards that at a really rapid pace. But for me personally, I think um, when you're holding space for somebody on that level and you're walking them through some of those really tender and vulnerable things that happen in their life in order to be an in integrity i think it's really really important that you actually get certified and that you're just not kind of hanging a shingle and calling yourself a life coach there was a lot that i went through in my training where we discuss ethics you know where we discuss what is in within the realm of a life coach and when you need to refer, refer out you know having um you know, different emergency numbers on call, being able to screen people for different mental health illnesses that are not in our realm and domain. And without training, I think that those things can get lost and, and life coaches can end up dabbling in, in the realm that is not theirs to dabble in. I don't believe that coaches should ever be in the realm of trauma because some things may come up that we're not equipped to handle, quite frankly. And I think it's really important that we operate in integrity. So that's the first thing is, is get certified, preferably with an ICF accredited um, organization. And then the second thing is to coach as many people as possible. Um, get as much practice as possible before, like you were talking about your previous guests, before you try to niche down, because there's really no way of knowing what you enjoy, what you like, what your thing is without coaching a lot of people. Um, that's how you get to know what you most gravitate towards, what you most enjoy, what your special sauce is, right? Is by mm -hmm. coaching a lot of different people. So, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, thank you for the advice. And I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who, who are going to take that to heart. Uh, maybe for me too. I mean, I never really thought of myself as a life coach. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm just more of a listener, maybe a mentor of some sorts to some people but my husband's the same he he does he balks at the label life coach but he's very he, he's very much like you where he wants to have the deep conversations have the deep questions um is comf more comfortable with like the term mentor or consultant or something <laughs> like that yeah yeah because consulting uh my, yeah my dream job would be to to be a consultant to help 
help team morale in work environments. I, think. I am too. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to connect you guys after this podcast. If the- you guys would hit it off. That would be crazy. Yeah, please, please do. Please do. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's a, a thing. Um, I know it was when I worked with the youth, there's a lot of training that happens. And uh, I know it's something that they do. But I've had about 12 jobs in 10 years or so. And uh, I can see... Th- a lot of the improvement that can happen with a uh, work team morale. Um, yep. So yeah, we definitely got to talk. Yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, all right, go ahead and uh, throw me another number. All right, let's do 11. 11, still medium? Oh, we can go to hard now. I, I feel warmed up. <laughs> okay, for sure, for sure. Uh, this one's... Uh, I always try to like brace myself sometimes for oh the gosh. questions. I don't think it's too bit too bad. I feel like okay. you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh, this one's easy. But okay, okay. <laughs> um, when was the last time you cried? Oh yeah, that one is that one's pretty easy. Um, to be honest with you, though, to be completely transparent, I'm not a big crier. For sure. And and I wish I was more. It's something that I've actively worked on allowing to flow more through me. So my childhood was an extremely difficult one. Um, I had a family member that was a drug addict and alcoholic, and I felt like I needed to be the strong one all the time. And so I really learned to armor up and to shut down my emotions. And I felt like my parents needed, needed me to be perfect and needed me to be the strong one and needed me to hold everything all together. And so that's a role that I have been in the process of shitting and an identity I've been in the process of shitting. Um, And so with my husband, particularly, I can end up, you know, being soft and crying a good bit, but I wish that I cried even more than I did um, to give you a little bit of background on that. But um, I'm going to say a couple of weeks, maybe. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I you made me think about maybe rephrasing this question in some way. Um, but first off, thank you for opening up. I know it's, it's I, I never expect people to open up, you know, as much as you know, I think they, they should, but uh, I just want to say thank you for sharing that story. Uh, yeah. and yeah, crying, crying is interesting because I, I feel like as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm flowing a little bit more. Uh, I'm a sucker for for scenes in movies and TV shows. Me too. That always <laughs> brings it out more, you know. I can I can bring it out more that way than like my own life. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, same here, same here. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, I don't know if you've uh, I, I will recommend it to you now. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's the the Mr. Rogers documentary. <gasps> oh, I love it. Yes, oh, that was it? very very good. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, definitely. That was an emotional one. <laughs> Actually, I remembered I remembered the last time I cried as you were saying this. So I was on vacation in Santa Fe last week, which I told you about. And we went to these gorgeous, beautiful art galleries. And art is really moving to me. It touches me in this really, really deep way. And as I was viewing this painting, I just started bawling. I mean, just looking at the painting, I was just like, oh. Um, so yes, it's been one week. Okay, for sure. 
I'm, I'm very curious what this this, this painting is now. <laughs> uh, yeah, have- I'll have to send you the picture, but it was one of the most beautiful paintings I've ever seen. And it was of white aspens and um, it was like in the fall. So it had yellow leaves and it was just the light, the way the light was shining through. It was a huge painting, um, but it was just one of the most exquisite pieces I've ever, it was so beautiful. And it was just the beauty of it that touched me in such a deep way, yeah. That sounds dope. Um, just a heads up, we have about 10, 15 minutes left in the podcast. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming on in your time. I hope you're having fun. This has been a great I am. conversation. This has been me. great. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I think we could knock out one more number. Go for it. Okay. Let's do three. Three. All right. Um, what emotion would you get rid of? Like if you could get one, get rid of one for yourself. So that is very hard because I specifically teach that no emotion is bad or wrong and that every emotion is a signal of what is going on inside of us that we need to pay attention to and we need to honor and just be an empty vessel and allow it to flow through us and, and receive the message and act accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I am very, very passionate about. But what I will say... I almost feel like I'm turning against myself when I, because of that reason. But um, shame, I think. Yeah, shame yeah. is a big one. Shame is like the most isolating and has the potential to shut you down, I think, the most of anything else. And I feel like it's the root of so much it's just the root of so much in our lives of what holds us back in our lives is shame. So if I could get rid of anything, I think it would be that. Yeah. What would you say is like the, the opposite of shame? I'm not, I'm not sure myself. So I'm yeah, I think self love and self, self acceptance is the opposite. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, the, the thing about this question um, I had thought about was, you know, when, when someone says they're going to get rid of one emotion, you're pretty much almost getting, yeah, you're rid, getting of rid of all of them. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a trip to think that because we get rid of shame, we wouldn't have self-love as often. But uh, self-love, uh, what would you say that that means to you? Or how would you define self-love? Mm-hmm. I kind of hate the way that it's become such a buzz thing, um, but I think it is so important I think that people kind of slap it on as like this all encompassing pass to do whatever they want and just (laughs) accept themselves and love themselves and take bubble baths all the time and never do the hard thing. And that's not what self-love is to me at all. Self-love is um, loving and accepting every part of ourselves and yet holding ourselves accountable simultaneously to the greatness that, that is within us. So it's, it's both of those things simultaneously and together. It's not one without the other, you know, um, I don't get a free pass to do or speak or say, or treat other people, however I want to treat them because I love myself. Right. Um, yes, there is grace and there is love for myself and my humanness and every aspect of my humanness and all my shadow parts and all everything belongs. And yet there is accountability right there there is needing to make hard choices and hard decisions and um 
not just coast and like I said, bubble baths and what makes me feel good. Sometimes what is best for me, it's, it's choosing what's best for me. And sometimes what's best for me is hard. Sometimes what's best for me is not something that I am enjoying or that I would necessarily want to do, you know? How do you feel about the statement? Um, Cause it's something that, that someone had brought up when I asked them the same question. Uh, they said that self-love is the balance between selfishness and selfish selflessness uh, any thoughts on, on that statement i think i like that yeah? i think i think selfishness gets a bad rap i don't think that selfishness is bad or wrong and i think that balance is exactly what you're saying like i think that a lot of times we get taught to have no self but to me, selfishness is having a defined sense of self. And I believe that having defined sense of self is actually very healthy. We can only relate to another person if we have a defined sense of self. What else are we relating with? Mm. What else are they re- relating to? You know, so it is that balance, like the person was saying. And I, I don't know that I would choose to word it that way because I think people have a negative connotation with the word selfish. But if we actually think about what it is and I frame it in that way, I don't have a problem with it. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's how people define those terms. But it is something that I, I understand to be as a balance, um, which for me, the, the question earlier, life is all about balance in, in, in my case. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky. It gets tricky, though. Balance is one of the most important things. Yeah. And I like that that's yours. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a lifelong thing too. I don't think because uh, the good times can happen when you're young, and then the bad times catch up, and or vice versa. And I don't think it balance has a timeline. So it's just kind of like appreciating the good moments and knowing that the bad moments are gonna pass. Uh, something I just try to keep in my mind. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I think. We might be able to knock out one more number. I'm game. All right. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Let's do mm, eight. Eight. What is your mission? Mm, I like that. This feels like a sacred thing to voice. Pausing. My, my mission is to help women specifically um, really return to who they are at their core, to return to their sovereignty, to return to their interdependence instead of kind of swinging between codependency and hyper-independence, helping people have really fulfilling relationships all relationships, not just, you know, with their partner or whatever, but partner, family, friends. I had really painful relationships for a very long time. And I think that it's within all of our hearts in whatever way we all want to feel connected. We all want to feel that we belong. And I want people to, like I said, women specifically to feel, um, such connection and belonging within themselves that they then have that with other people and they have those healthy relationships with other people because of the relationship with themselves so that's my that's my mission yeah 
that was beautiful for sure uh and yeah we've uh, made it to the concluding portion of the podcast i have some closeout questions so we're not done yet with the questions uh my this next question is actually from my previous guest been trying to find a way to connect each guest to each other yeah that's cool i love this right on uh this one was from christine and oh excuse me this one Mm -hmm. is uh from maxi and his question is where do you see yourself uh 10 years from now Hmm. 10 years from now i have the goal to be location independent i have a very nomadic heart and spirit and I get really filled up by seeing and experiencing new cultures and new things. And that's been a goal of mine for a while. And I think in 10 years, my husband and I will certainly be living that and doing that. Um, So I would actually really love, I live in Richmond, Virginia. I would love to have our home here still and then be able to have a home somewhere else potentially, maybe in the Midwest or in the West um, and or travel like six months out of the year. So that's that's the hugest goal that I have. Um, And the other thing that I would say in 10 years, I, I hope that I have multiple children my husband and I really want to have kids. So I, I imagine myself being in full on mom mode and also just having made a big impact towards the mission that I already stated. Like that's my dream. That's my hope. I want to be able to look back, you know, from those 10 years and say, like, I know that I know that I know that I helped women in this major way. For yeah, sure. for sure. Uh, and then the next question is, what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions? I have thought about this one. And the question that I want to leave is if someone met you like for the first time and they didn't know anything about you and the only thing that they could do would be observe your life, what would they say you believe? Interesting. Interesting. And yeah, that, that makes me kind of think how I would answer that. Um, yeah, I would love to hear it if you want to share. Yeah. Or you may need time to think about it. No, no. Um, you know, what would people say if they were going to observe me? Um, so I guess it would have to depend on, on the element, right? Like on this podcast, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a very different idea of what you would get if I was in a at a party. <laughs> but yeah. I guess hopefully what they're getting from this podcast is that, uh, you know, I enjoy stories and I'm very welcoming or open to other people's perspectives, ideas and energy. Uh, that's from this podcast. I will say if they've caught me at a party, I was like, oh, he's a quiet one or, you know, he's, a, um, you know, more interested in playing games and doing competitions and stuff because that's that's where i'm at usually at the party is uh if someone's playing a game i'm, I'm with them playing or uh oh yeah or just being quiet so 
two different sides of my life and i'm sure you know you catch me in the classroom i'm a different person you catch me in the car you know i'm the guy who loves to sing so <laughs> it really depends on uh, the the place that's that's interesting yeah now yeah. That, now i just thought about all the all the pieces of me in different places so yeah it's cool and uh, my final question for you, the question that ties everything together, uh, what would you like your descendants to know about you? 500 years from now, they're watching this, trying to understand who they are. Uh, what would you tell them? I love this question. And I honestly hope that some of my descendants get to watch this in the digital age. Maybe this will be like CDs or something. Have you ever thought about that? This is gonna be like such an archaic way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone actually brought up something to me. It was like, you you should try, transcribe these, and because if mm-hmm. anything's gonna last, it might be the written word. Uh, That's so, true. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, <laughs> I gotta figure it, figure out that process of uh, getting these conversations, and which is cool. It makes me think it's like a collection of these stories. With the it's a time capsule. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But yeah, yeah. What, what I would hope that they would know about me is that I am somebody who has worked so incredibly hard to break generational cycles of mm-hmm. pain and of trauma and of ways of relating and being that aren't healthy and that I have worked really hard to be someone who said within my family line, it stops here with me, it stops here. And that my goal in doing all of that is so that whoever comes after me can expand more and be more loving and be, and have a better life. You know, not that my life is bad by any stretch of the imagination, but my hope is that every generation can get better and better as we were talking about. So that, that I've made it my life goal and mission to, to end some generational patterns with me. Yeah. Sure. Uh, And I I think they'll, they'll appreciate it. Uh, Any last things you want to add before we head out of here? I don't think so. Just that this has been so fun. And I think this format is just amazing. And I've really enjoyed talking with you. And I thank you so much for your time. No, no worries. I I, honestly, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, Thank you again for coming on and uh, spending your time uh, uh, sharing your stories. I I definitely appreciate it. yeah I, I can't thank you enough uh, of I feel course every time I have a guest come on I, I think I thank him five different times throughout the podcast and I'm going to do it one more time after we, we stop recording but uh, yeah I want to thank all the folks out there as well to for listening checking out the video on YouTube or wherever you're checking out the podcast appreciate your time as well um, remember to reach out reach forward as always much love and we'll catch you next time on 34 Questions <laughs>